This week on the Recruitment Flex, Kim Wilkinson joins us and we try to predict 2023. And here are the questions we try to answer. Will women make serious inroads in male-dominated industries? OpenAI's chat GPT. Will it change the world of work? Will the gig economy keep growing? And bull prediction, will ZipRecruiter buy Talent.com in 2023? Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge. And as always, joined by Shelly. And Shelly, this is our last episode of 2022. It's our last episode before Christmas. Christmas is Sunday this year, right? Or is it Saturday? Oh, hang on. No, the 25th falls on Sunday. Yes. It's this weekend. You should know that. Good God, with three little ones in the house, they're not going to let you forget it. (laughs) I should know. We're counting how many more sleeps till Christmas. Oh, that's so cute. That is so cute. Do you know, the final show of the year just wouldn't be complete without our favorite co-host. Thank you again, Kim Wilkinson, Director of Recruitment at the Verve Recruitment Group. And also a four-time Top Recruiter Award winner, Kim, (laughs) welcome back to the show. I I am jazzed to be here. Thank you for having me. So Kim, are you ready for Christmas? Well, here's what's fun for me is we are in a stage of our lives where our son is 14. So we said, let's just do away with all of this baloney. And we're going to Punta Cana on Saturday for a week. See ya. There you go. Love it. How long are you going for? So we leave on the 24th and we're back on the 31st. So just a week. Yeah. You know, there does come a time because there are some years there that there's just no way you're taking those kids anywhere. (laughs) Never mind off on a vacation during Christmas. I think you're doing the right thing because the weather right now here in Calgary, I think today is minus 40. I know it's going to get better, but it's still crazy out there. Yeah. And we're looking at Punta Cana as a solid plus 28 every day this time of year. We're flying in the middle of the night. So I'm hopeful the airport crazies won't get us. Yeah. So Shelly, what what is you doing for Christmas? So the theme is old fashioned Christmas. And I think I shared with you everywhere I traveled this year, I brought back one or two bottles of the local bourbon or whiskey. So we will perfect making the old fashioned. We've got all kinds of different types of bitters. And so, yeah, we're drinking. Do you like bourbon? So I didn't, I really didn't. And then I was converted when we were in Vegas and we had that whiskey tasting with Chad and cheese when they were interviewing Angela. And I tried a few of those bourbons and Yes, I really enjoyed them. So I do now. I didn't before. Well, look at you becoming all sophisticated. I don't know if you consider bourbon sophisticated. I have acquired a taste for it. Okay. Well, good for you. What about you? What are your family going to do for Christmas? Do you do the milk and cookies thing for Santa? Do the girls believe in Santa? Oh, of course. They all believe in Santa. And my detriment, they still believe in the... Santa's helper, the elf that I've had to switch every night and I forget every night. So I wake up in the middle of the night with a panic being like, 
oh shit, I need to go downstairs and move him. So yeah, they still believe they're extremely excited. Obviously the girls are three and Mallory is seven. So she is probably in her last year to two years believing in this stuff, which really breaks my heart because it's so special. It's just so cute to see them believing in Christmas and everything. So yes, we have reindeer food ready. We have Santa ready, a lot of presents. And so it should be a lot of fun. We're not going anywhere. It's just our family. It's just myself, Diana, and the three girls. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah. So Serge, do you own a Christmas sweater? No, I don't. Really? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't get it. I'm not because you have kids and kids think that sort of thing is fun. Usually mom's got a Christmas apron and that sort of thing. And you just still show up in a black hoodie. Is that what you wear for Christmas? I'll probably have a gray hoodie. Yeah, I'll (laughs) switch it up. Black, gray, maybe a red one, depending on the day and how festive I feel. Maybe you should go topless and just put some mistletoe over your nipples. I like that idea. I'll tell you what, if you do it, I'll do it too. <laughs> Perfect. I hear it's really in fashion down in the Dominican. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Wow. So our prediction show, and I look forward to this all year. This is going to be so much fun talking about what we think is going to be happening. Shelly, uh, before we jump into that, you did mention she's one top recruiter four years in a row. And I saw the list that came out, I believe, yesterday. Yeah. And we talked about it probably a year ago of how ridiculous top recruiter has become. It's just basically a money grab. And I mean, no disrespect to the people that were the winners. I'm sure they're really good at their job, both on the corporate and the agency side. But I got to say, I've seen some with literally no experience. I've seen some that I know personally, and I know they're not good recruiters. And I'm like, okay, kill it. Kill it. It's gone. Top recruiter. Let's not even pay attention to it anymore because it's not relevant. So, Kim, how disappointed did you feel? Yeah, you I mean, I'm a little in your camp and I've always been. I got to say, it's it's a little curious to me. Apparently, I've had a bad year. <laughs> Isn't it <laughs> just the I've... opposite though, Kim? Your business you is absolutely booming. You have tripled the size of your team. Totally. It's and, been a and, great year. <laughs> I know. Best year ever. And so what's the dealio? Give us the scoop. What can you do? The recruitment gods have spoken and I didn't make the cut. <laughs> like, how, how do they, do they even, how do, yes. How do they do this? So I think in the beginning, they actually had a panel. Like it seemed a little bit legit this year. I don't know. I mean, it came out late. There's no criteria or benchmark. Honestly, I have no idea. So someone's deciding just behind their desk and writing down, who do I like this year? Who do I not? You know, like Santa's list, I'm on the naughty list this year. (laughs) I don't believe that. It was shocking. It was shocking not to see you on the list, Yeah, considering what a powerhouse you are. But you're number one in my books. Yeah. You no, know, anytime I have clients looking for talent, I'm always bringing them over to you. Well, I appreciate your guys' support and hopefully 2023. Now, speaking of 2023, this is our predictions show. Kim, give us what your prediction would be when you think about talent acquisition for 2023. My first prediction, 2023, is that candidates are going to continue to drive the bus in recruitment. It's going to be a candidate market as it's been for much of 2022. There's going to be a ton of counter offers, multiple offers. 
candidates negotiating their offer. I think application volume will be down because of that. Hiring leaders and companies are going to really need to sharpen their pencils as we head into this first quarter for sure. Mm, Interesting perspective. Serge, what are your thoughts on that topic? I agree and disagree. I think it's definitely not going to be the same as 2022. I think the market has changed dramatically in Q4 of 2022. So going into next year, a lot of executives are very nervous about hiring too much, which was the case in the tech sector. And we saw the layoffs because of it. A lot of executives are very nervous about what the impending financial situation is going to be. We're going to see hiring slow down fairly dramatically, at least in the first quarter. And when hiring slows down dramatically, it's going to have a negative effect on the candidates because there's going to be less opportunities, meaning there will be more people competing for the same roles. There's a recent survey by Robert Half that came out that shows that 50% of people are looking for new jobs going into new years. And it's very focused on knowledge type workers and professional type of environment. But this 50% that are going to be competing for less jobs posted, which is going to shift the dynamic, I don't think it's going to be as prevalent in 2023. The other thing we have to look at, though, is job seekers, I think, are going to be less susceptible to want to change jobs because their number one concern, and we've talked about this on the show, is actually the ability to pay their bills. And if they're paid well enough in the organization they're in, they're going to stick. If not, they're going to change. I think you're probably right throughout the year that we're going to see that, but I think the first quarter we're going to see a slowdown and it's going to veer towards the employer. That's just my thoughts, though. All right. You're probably right. Well, we'll see. We've got lots of people who are pushing their hiring to the first quarter and lots of pending stuff coming in. If I'm using my funnel, it says a whirlwind is brewing. That's very interesting. It could be the sectors as well. Shelter, take on it. I tend to be more in the camp that we are going to see a bit of a slump in Q1. It could depend, like you say, on industry. But if I'm looking at my funnel, Kim, I'm seeing just the opposite. As a matter of fact, I've seen companies scale back almost 50% of what they're planning to do in Q1. I'm not nervous about Q1. I think it's really normal. All of us have been in the industry and business long enough to see a few recessions. This would be recession number five in my recruitment career. So it'll start out really slow. And then I believe that in Q2, Q3, it is going to heat up like insane. And whether it's a candidate-driven market, I would say the activity is certainly going to spike, but I see a slump for Q1. Interesting. What's your prediction, Shelley? My prediction, when we look back historically after a major world event, such as a pandemic or maybe a world war, there was a lot of really cool things that came out of post-major world event. One of them was the rise of women in non-traditional roles. When I talk about non-traditional roles, I don't mean trades. I don't mean women suddenly feeling like I want to go cross the USA in a semi-truck hauling Coors beer. 
I mean, non-traditional or more male dominated roles, things like lawyers have traditionally been male dominated. I think we will see that tide shift in 2023. And for a number of reasons, it's been five years since Me Too. It is also the LGBTQ plus acceptance and embracing the difference. I'm not going to go so far as to say that workplace diversity will finally actually be a thing because I don't think it will. I think women, though, will see an increase this year in non-traditional roles. Kim, what's your take on it? Yeah, I totally agree. I think we've been seeing specific marketing to women in non-women dominated sectors for years now. Construction's a great example that's been specifically targeting women due to labor shortages. We've got 50% of the able-bodied population that we've not considered for some roles for some time. And it's frankly silly. So glad to see it. I'm also working with several clients for some senior leadership roles who are specifically looking for women to fill these roles. And that's part of their must-haves as they are wanting to diversify their leadership. So it's great to see. It's about time. Do I think it will solve the problems? No, I agree. Absolutely not. But I think it's some good steps for sure. Do you know the other thing? It's going on three years since the first lockdown. And I think a lot of women left the workforce because they had family responsibilities. And now I think this will be the year where they're going to come back, but they're not going to return to the roles they had before. There is a shift coming. It may not be exactly as we think, but I do believe there's going to be a significant shift of the role that women play in the workforce in 2023 and beyond. All right. My prediction. So my first prediction is AI is going to change the world. It's going to change the world of work. And until probably three weeks ago, I don't think any of us really realized the impact of AI. I think we have heard of it, but we did not see what it could look like. And chat GTP has changed that completely for us. Looking at AI right now and what is going to be in the impact of the world of work, are we going to see a major shift in 2023? I don't think so, but we are going to see some major shift in the coming years. By 2025, we expect 88 million roles to be replaced by AI or to be automated. The flip side to it is we expect 97 million roles to be created by AI. So it's a net gain, right? Positions and roles are going to change within companies. What I'm really curious about is what does it actually mean for recruitment? I think there's going to be a ton of positives and negatives. One positive is I believe it creates content that is factually correct. It gives us the opportunity to use this as an outline for marketing copy, candidate reach out, career site copy, there's tons of possible usage for this. We just need to make sure we're leveraging in the right way. Because I guess the flip side or the negative is I'm nervous we're going to use this as basically the content, the piece of content without adding our flair or our je ne sais quoi. Basically, it's personality. The other thing, it can analyze a vast amount of data in a really quick amount of time, which is going to help organizations make decisions of where they're hiring, how they're hiring, what are the best tools to use. So I think that's going to help us tremendously. But please, let's not use this for job ads. 
You can create basic job descriptions. It doesn't do anything exceptional. We're still going to need really creative people that can write, that can use their brains to actually put this in context that people will want to join your organization. Aside from that, it's going to change schooling. It's going to change how we search. Google is in deep trouble. I'm sure they have a plan to release something very similar that's going to leverage the same technology. 2023 is going to be the year that AI starts changing the world. So what do you think, Cam? Chime in on this. I don't know. I feel like that feels scary a little bit to me. Although you said it was net, it sounds like more jobs are going to be created than eliminated, which is a whole other problem because as a global population, we are declining. And so creating a deficit like that is going to have its own challenges. AI has some places and some benefits in our workforce. It's interesting to me that people's first instincts are to use it in their people part of their business. That stuff still needs to stay human. Maybe create some way to automate filing. That's maybe something we could automate and feel good about. And so I think it's a big mistake to dehumanize very high human touch functions is, I think, where we really start to take a turn for the worse. Shelly, what's your take? Do you know what it reminded me of, Serge, is do you remember the first iPhone? Yeah. Like we didn't even realize. I was part of the very first iPhone launch. Were you? You worked for Rogers, right? I surely did. Yeah, I was there, part of the magic. That's what it reminded me of. We couldn't even comprehend what the iPhone was going to mean for us. Other than it was super cool and how quickly they just kept improving and improving. That's what I think chat GTP is going to be. So I'm excited about it. It's going to be ridiculous to think that we used to actually type this into Google, right? This is beyond what we can imagine is coming. It will evolve much faster than I think the iPhone did. I would challenge you, Serge, in thinking that this is even three years away. I think one year from today, it is going to look completely different and much more advanced than it does today. Oh, I agree with that. I think we're going to see some effect in 2023, but the real changes, the real automation, we're still years away. I don't know. Do you remember when everyone wanted to have an app on the phone? What was the time lag from the release of that first iPhone? to when the entire industry just went bananas trying to figure out how to design apps. Like that was only- You know when it came out is when it became open space. BlackBerry had BBM, Apple had obviously the app, but it was all privately held and not anyone could just do it. And then Android came in and really blew the door open and said, you know what? Everybody can do this, which is really reminiscent of the VHS beta. And we all know that sad story for beta. But I think we're going to see AI come in and start to change the way people are thinking. But I don't think it's going to change what we're doing until it becomes accessible to everybody, right? If it's unaffordable or you have to jump through a million hoops to get there, we're still not going to see it really enter into our lives in a meaningful or impactful way until it becomes an open source environment where anybody can get their hands in it. The cool thing about this is accessible to everyone right now. Obviously, the functionality and to your point of how big you can make this and how in-depth you can go. I'm going to ask a question. Kim, have you logged in? I think we all know the answer is a hard no. Yeah. So Shelly, yourself. 
I have it open all day. So for example, Kim, yesterday I had sent out some Christmas gifts to clients and they sent me a thank you. And then I feel like I need to respond. So I went to chat GPT and I said, write a professional response for a client that is thanking me for a gift that I sent them. What do I say back? And it wrote it for me. Now, it was a little much. It didn't sound like me, but great ideas. There was basically two sentences in there and I went, I'll take it. That is exactly what I was looking for. And then you give it a thumbs up or thumbs down and you can give them really specific feedback on what would improve this. How can we make it better? I use it all the time when I'm stumped for, ah, fuck, how should I say this? Or what's a good way to summarize this? The other day I took one of the worst written job descriptions I have ever seen. All I did was I did a copy paste and I said, rewrite this to make the job sound appealing and seem like something somebody would want to do. And it did, but it wrote it in sentences. But when you read the content, it was really good. Not perfect, still needs a little bit of polish, but that's the sort of feedback that you give it. So how many signups are they at right now, Serge? Are they public about that information? Well, they were a million in a weekend, which is the fastest growing. I think they're over four to five million at least. And right. I wouldn't be shocked so, if it's way higher. So imagine four to five million people giving feedback. It's learning to get better. So how long until we see the counter program? What's that app called right now? Be Real? Is that it? I don't know. We're too old, right? Be Real is almost like the counter to Instagram, where people were getting sick of the over-filtered, the unaffiliated authentic, this curated, this isn't even you life. Be real is this app that literally you have to snap a picture of yourself exactly where you are. And it also utilizes your back camera and shows exactly what the scene around you is. And the purpose is to break that curated fake life. I don't know. This just feels like that to me, like the Instagram of communication where we're so heavy in our texting and virtual where do we start to draw the line of this isn't even you speaking anymore? How do we get to know somebody if all of our communication is being written by a robot? I don't know. That's a really good point, Kim. We got to use this as an outline and we add our personality to it. In our industry is very known for this of just putting a shitload of content out there, like HR tech companies, recruitment companies. I'm nervous that we're going to start seeing double that amount of content. So let's move on to the next prediction. And we're going to go back to you, Kim. So my first prediction was a bit unpopular here. So my second one likely (laughs) will also be unpopular because it really piggybacks off my first one. We're going to see companies really coming to the table with some creative ways to attract candidates to their company. I think we're going to see more flexible work options, work life, heavy on the life. We were just in an office last week that had a private chef they brought in every day for their employees. They had meals served just as a compelling, like, Hey, we know we're an office, so we're going to feed you. I'd go into the office for food. Just, just to state for the record here. I think we're going to see some creative total comp, more equity being offered. I mean, you think oil and gas, they're just hard on compensation, right? That's their lead in. But I think we're going to see a lot of creativity coming out of those small to medium businesses and they're hiring next year. Interesting. Shelly, what's your take? I knew you were going to do that search. No, I want you. Listen, we decided the order. And I'm asking you first. (laughs) 
I'm going to disagree. <laughs> I'm going to disagree because I think a lot of these perks and these differentiators have been driven by the tech industry. I think the tech industry is clamping everything down. There's no more free food in most tech companies right now. All these perks, they've realized that we are spending way too much money and it doesn't make any sense. We're not getting more productivity across the board. So why are we doing this thing? The other factor is with a tightening economy, a lot of companies are seeing Tesla, seeing Twitter, seeing Microsoft, seeing Apple, bringing people back in the office. If you don't like it, go look for a job. And a lot of CEOs are very excited. And we are going to see a civil war in 2023 between employers and employees. Employers, they want to go back to 2005 and they see an opportunity with an impending recession. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm hoping that you're right. And you might be right with a small and medium size, but generally they're not going to need those benefits to be able to compete with the big guys because the big guys are pulling back heavily. They want to go back to status quo or status quo that it was in 2005, 2010. Shelly, agree or disagree? Well, Kim, I'd love to follow you around. I'd love to see what's happening in workspaces. Yeah, There is a lot to be said for organizations that don't offer the type of work that is just office-based or things that can be done remotely. Mm. I see the trend of offering flexibility, something that I think the manufacturing sector might likely take a page out of versus the traditional command and control. Your shift is from here to here versus being able to mold the other way where your manufacturing schedule is set to pace with the availability of the talent. That would be a cool thing to see, but in terms of flexibility and companies being more creative, I think that is a necessity of survival for small to medium-sized companies because you can't compete with the likes of the big five in any industry sector. I'm always impressed when I hear or see something that really is truly innovative. Kim, I mean, have you seen anything where you would say, wow, that's a first that smaller companies are coming up with? Yeah, I've seen some really cool things going on. I've got a small company that offers a vacation bonus. You take two weeks off together in a year and they're going to give you a thousand bucks to enjoy your time away. Everyone is like, work-life balance. Those are words. And I think that's a really inexpensive way to toe that line. Not that I don't care what like... Twitter's doing or what Elon Musk is doing, but I think he's getting a lot of heat just the same, right? Just because the big guys are doing it doesn't necessarily kind of represent what the general population is looking for. And reality is they don't employ the majority of human beings on this planet. They are still an employer of choice. All of those companies, because of the pedigree and the tenure and the innovation, there's a million reasons. So these small to medium still need to compete to get talent to come and work for them. It'll be interesting to see how small and medium size go into next year. Are they going to follow the example of the big guys? I mean, like if they don't need to do it, we're not going to do it. You are probably going to be right on this one. Shelly, what's your second prediction? My second prediction, I'm calling it the hippie revival. I think we're going to see a throwback to 1967, the old dropout, do your own thing. And I don't mean people are going to drop out of high school. What I believe is micro learning is going to become the preferred way of 
either internal training, but also those pre-entering the workforce where you've got a specific skill set or you are given a specific skill set and get a job with that skill set and you're not held captive for four years at a university. And the reason why all the studies and information that was released around new grad debt and how long it takes a new grad to, if they ever are able to pay off their post-secondary and what percentage are actually working in the field in which they chose this expansion of what community colleges offer with some sort of veiled promise that it was going to get you a job, but it didn't happen. And I don't think the next generation is going to tolerate that. We saw our parents and we saw our older brothers and sisters come out, can't find a job. Why do we keep doing this? What what is this big fascination with the university degree? And we've seen a lot, starting with Airbnb, people finding ways to earn money that isn't necessarily just a typical J-O-B job, right? That offers opportunities for people to make money and not necessarily have to have a traditional eight to five Monday to Friday job. Would I call it a revolution? It does remind me of the hippies. I think we're going to see that in 2023. Kim, am I out to lunch? What do you think? I did my hippie revival three years ago. Oh, so I'm a big fan. I do have a question though, because I was on a show this year where you held that university degree line pretty hard and fast with your own family. So I'm just curious with this prediction and some really compelling arguments against it, what will change in Shelley's home regarding university degree? (laughs) Oh, nothing. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. I'm looking at when you take a look at the entire population, when you take a look at the workforce, where I do believe that my kids will struggle certainly my two that are in the arts programs, they will struggle to find work. I know they will. And I know why. However, learning how to think and being taught how to think critically is the benefit. I don't anticipate either one of them will find a job that has anything to do with the education that they are taking. My oldest, yes, because he's taking very specifically a science that is relevant and and very much in demand. Well, they really could just log into chat GDP and all that thinking is done for them now. So, all right, I'm not going there. I know it's important in your family. (laughs) I think we're going to see a lot of that because here's what I believe as a human being is the freedom of life or when you kind of really capture control over your life is when you stop exchanging your time for money in a straight one-to-one ratio. And you cannot do that in the traditional workforce. University does not, or college does not grow that train of thought. The only way you do that is when you move out on your own and start consulting or having a product or a guide or a brand or something that you're selling where your time does not directly correlate with your paycheck. Like I said, in that one-to-one ratio. I do agree. We're going to see way more of that because people are looking to capture more control and freedom in their life. Mm -hmm. Serge? I agree with both of you. And when we talk about education and why it's still very important to this day to a lot of people is their parents saw the value and the return on investment on school and universities 20, 30, 40 years ago made a lot of sense. It just doesn't make any sense anymore. The return on investment is no longer there and how the economy has flowed has changed 
dramatically. To that point, we are in a revolution when it comes to how we learn, and that's going to continue. As far as people going back to controlling their destiny, we're seeing the numbers from Upwork where they're saying 40% of the U.S. population this year has worked some type of side gigs or a contractor or a consultant. I don't think that's going to go away. And when we talk about how the environment of work looks like, especially professionals that have a very specific skill set, it seems crazy to just go to an employer and work 40 hours and get a paid a certain amount of money that you could almost double bill that if you were a contractor and working on your own time. But bang on, I think that is going to be big in 2023. Awesome. So Serge, last word, Boudreaux. I'm going to hand you the microphone. What is your other prediction for 2023? Can I give you a couple? Because they're really small. Talent.com gets purchased by ZipRecruiter. Here is why I think this is going to happen. Just saw the ZipRecruiter Q3 numbers. They saw an 8% year-over-year increase. That's peanuts. That's very scary for ZipRecruiters. 8% growth where we've been in an environment that these job boards have been growing 20, 30, 40% year-over-year based on the economy. And to contrast that, Recruit.com, the owner of Indeed, had a 12% growth, but this was their whole business. If you looked at what they call their recruitment technology division, which is indeed Glassdoor, they saw a 40% increase. So Zip has got to do something. And right now, Zip operates in US, Canada, Israel, and United Kingdom. Talent operates in a lot more different markets. No one is going to beat Indeed unless we start seeing some consolidation because indeed it's just so dominant. So if I'm zip recruiter, I'm all over buying talent.com before indeed does. If indeed does it's game over for zip recruiters. So that's my number one prediction. I'm going to give you another one using TikTok for recruitment. You can probably stop because TikTok will be banned in the United States in 2023. It is owned by a company called ByteDance or something like that is based in China. So due to security concerns of all our data and a ton of it going to China, US will ban TikTok. And you know what's going to replace it? YouTube Shorts. YouTube Shorts is going to become the dominant TikTok, Mm -hmm. Instagram reel type of player in 2023. It's going to blow up. So those are two of my predictions. I'm curious to know, Shelly, do you agree with Talent.com getting bought by ZipRecruiter? God, I sure hope so. Jesus Christ. You know, I bought ZipRecruiter stock. Yes. And I'm losing money. I don't even look at it anymore. I'm just like- At what price did you buy it? I bought it at $20. Okay. At least you didn't buy it at 26, which was its high. It's at 16 right now. God, I hope you're right. They've got to do something. Kim, what do you think? I got no thoughts on this one, guys. I boycott job boards. I'm not their fan. I am a headhunter. That could be a whole other show. My thoughts on job boards. So they can do what they like. What's your take on TikTok? I deleted TikTok just because I don't love the algorithm of it and the way it does things. I'm a YouTube shorts fan. If they are going to replace TikTok, they need to up their game in terms of offering. TikTok came out really strong with some fun, interesting, which seems to be what people are all about. Will it get banned? Maybe. I don't know the rules and laws on it, but I know a lot of people's living is currently revolving 
around that. This is the other factor why I think YouTube short is going to take over because YouTube, how they pay creators compared to any other platform is night and day. It's way better. YouTube's monetization for creators, excellent, best in the industry. The only way that you can get the audience to go is if TikTok disappears. So tons of prediction for 2023. I guess we're going to replay this episode at the end and we'll see who was right, who was wrong. It's always fun to try and predict the future and equally fun to look back and see what percent of what we predicted actually happened. Kim, thank you so much for coming. We always love to have you on and thank you for showing up all year. I think you've appeared in seven, eight episodes for us. I really appreciate being asked to be on here and hopefully my knock from the top recruiter list doesn't impact my guestmanship for next year. <laughs> oh yeah. It's going to affect it. Come on. Like, I'm, I know we're coming full circle here, Kim, but is it true that there's somebody on there that made top recruiter that has been in the role for less than two years? Absolutely. 100%. And they made top recruit. That's impossible. I came out of the gate pretty strong when I first started in recruitment. When I look back, that's when you become aware of how little you know. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> seriously. I remember thinking, holy shit, I'm going to need another five years just to understand how this industry works. It makes me a little bit sick, Kim, because I'm thinking it really undermines the credibility of the profession. That is why I'm saying, let's just fucking ignore it. Like top recruiter is dead in my mind. I'm not even paying attention because it's not helping our industries go away. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So Kim, enjoy your vacation in Punakanta. We're very jealous. Thank you. All right. Everyone listening, Merry Christmas to you. Yes. Merry Christmas. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access.